attention architects, and creative minds. Get ready to supercharge your brand with Build Your Brand, the podcast that's unlocking the secrets of branding success for creatives. Hey there, it's Mark Arlapage, founder of Entree Architect, and I'm inviting you to join my friend, architect marketing expert, Jeff Eccles at Build Your Brand Podcast, where he explores the captivating stories of the world's top brands and transforms their lessons into powerful moves for small firm architects and creatives like you. In season one, Jeff shares the thrilling tale of Southwest Airlines, where he dissects their journey to the summit and distills it into strategies tailor-made for you. It's important to keep in mind that companies like Southwest compete in the real world, just like you, and face real-world challenges, just like you. You might be surprised at how similar those challenges are to the struggles that you grapple with on a day-to-day basis. Don't miss out on your blueprint for success. Subscribe, tune in, and let's build your brand together. You may have noticed that the very best brands in the world are also known for having somewhat unique corporate cultures. That's often the glue that holds everything together when they encounter those rough spots. We don't do it because it inconveniences the passengers to whom we are primarily dedicated, the short haul uh, frequent flyer. Follow the link in the show notes to subscribe to Build Your Brand today. Remember, no matter the size, the journey's the same. Your brand's journey to the top starts here. All right, Entree Architect community, welcome to the backstage area of Context and Clarity. Every Thursday afternoon on Context and Clarity Live, Catherine McPhail and I and our live audience talk with a special guest to search for clarity around the things that matter most to you, the architect, no matter what your context is. You may be the employee of a firm dreaming of doing your own thing, or maybe you've had a firm for a year or 10 years or 20 years and you're starting to rethink or reimagine what that firm could or maybe even should be. Every week we cover topics that fall under the broad umbrella of the business of architecture, and they're all the need-to-know topics for the success of architects just like you. If we've never met before, my name is Jeff Eccles, and what you're about to listen to is the audio recording of a conversation that my co-host, Catherine McPhail, and I had with a special guest. Or will it be guests? from the Context and Clarity community. All of this to break down last week's Context and Clarity live conversation. So thanks for joining us as we all share our biggest takeaways and look for ways to apply what we heard in the Context and Clarity live conversation to our own businesses. Let's get into it. Welcome to the backstage area of the Context and Clarity live studios. This week on Context and Clarity Live, Catherine McPhail and I talked to Laura Teagarden, architect, advocate, and author of ARE Sketches Volume 1 and Volume 2, and The Little Architect's Alphabet. We wanted to know what our audience thought about the conversation with Laura, so we've invited Chris Novelli to join us backstage. Chris is an architect and the owner of N3 Architects in Hopedale, Massachusetts. So Chris, welcome backstage. Thank you, Jeff. Thank you, Catherine. Great to be here again. It's good to be back, and it's good to have Catherine back. We had uh, Mandy Freeland uh, as my uh, guest co-host last week. So special thout out, shout out and thanks to uh, Mandy for that. But welcome back, Catherine. How is Fiddle Camp? 
Thanks. That was great to be back. We have a lot of fun there. We do a lot of different things, not just fiddling. No, it's, it is nice to be back with my um, musician friends, and I appreciate their music. And, and I learned some tunes. I learned some good tunes. I That's good. Them for you. Wait, what's <laughs> well, you should be fiddling them for us. What um, is there a certain style to the the music or anything yeah, that Scottish, governs what Scots, you play? Scottish fiddle, right? Okay. It's all Scottish. So we don't play Irish. We don't play old time or bluegrass or anything else. It's just Scottish. Um, although sometimes some other things creep in, but that's the that's the theme or Cape Breton music. Yeah. So we learned. I learned um, some strass bays, jigs, reels. You know those types of music. They mostly dance music. And still no. Devil goes down to Georgia. Mm, no, <laughs> down to Georgia. I told you. Right. I told you that we all agreed that Johnny was by far the better fiddler. Okay. Well, then I guess we can just skip so, the whole song. Yeah. Spoiler. That's what happens. He wins. <laughs> he spo- deserves to spoiler win. Spoiler alert. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. <laughs> well, he believe it or not. <laughs> believe it or not, on Context and Clarity Live, we didn't talk to Laura Teagarden about fiddling. No, um, we didn't. No, we we talked about. Um, Writing and publishing books, and uh, it's so to me. Chris was uh, the perfect choice to be a guest because I know that he's working on something right now. Mm. Um, what did you think about the conversation, Chris? I mean, it was another great conversation on Context and Clarity Live. Uh, so much great information being shared, and I just want to point out that this is just another example of someone who starts out as taking notes on something, sharing those notes, and it turns into something great. I mean, we had Eric Reinholdt, who started that way. We had Pat Flynn, who started that way. We had Christian Christine Williamson. They all started with taking notes, doing Mm. something, sharing it, and then it just takes off from there. So, I mean, I guess the first thing that we have to say to anyone listening to this is to share what you're working on, you know, whether that's on Twitter or Instagram or or whatever platform that you that you use. Share what you're working on. Share what you're interested in. And who knows? Maybe you can end up being a an author someday. Yeah, yeah that's well, a great point. One Go of the ahead. things I kind of took away from it is that it's um, if we have the time, we could just go ahead and publish it on Amazon. It doesn't seem like it's that. I'm not gonna say it's not that hard, but it it does. There's not a lot of barriers except for time, right? Yeah. So that was yeah. kind of inspiring. Yeah, I mean, you know, she explained it, or the way that Laura explained it, you know, talking about, uh, and if you if you missed the conversation, you've got to go back and listen to it, because Laura basically walks through the process of publishing. The two-minute version, as you said, I think, uh, during the conversation, Catherine, she walks through the process of publishing on Amazon, and I, I've not published anything, so that was that was new, that was good information for me, and, and Laura said, you have... You're not laying out any money in order to do this. You're you're putting it out there, and and when somebody buys the book, Amazon publishes it, and you get whatever your agreed upon portion is um, as your royalty. Um, and you know, Chris, I didn't I didn't even think about that until you just said it. The number of people that that we've had on Context and Clarity Live that started by taking notes. Um, there was. This is maybe this is a little bit of a tangent, but with a lot of back back in the day when I was basically running social media consultancy, one of the things I encouraged all of my clients to do is share their process. I always called it the backstage pass. 
people are really interested, the most valuable ticket, the most coveted ticket at the concert is the backstage pass. So people can get to know the band. They can go backstage. They can... It's the same with your work. People are fascinated by your work. And I think, you know, when you just said that, it, that just, that light bulb went off. It's like, you know, whether you're doing it on social media or for whatever reason, I mean, you can have different goals as we talked about with Laura. Show your work. There, there's, an, there's an author, an artist named Austin Cleon who has a book titled Show Your Work. Now, now we're going to have to get Austin on uh, Contacts and Clarity Live. It's just another. Mm. another is that the little square book? That, is that a square book that's also is a companion one? Steel. Steel like an steel? artist. Steel like an artist, right? Yeah, he's got a number of them, and I think they are all square. Mm. It's kind of kind of his uh, his uh, shtick, I guess. That was kind of interesting about the shape of the book. That Amazon cares about the shape of the book for ease of shipping and things like that. Maybe yeah, I, I mean, I didn't I didn't think of that either, but it makes total sense, right? Yep. No, it does. <laughs> They're yeah. the one that's, ones that got to ship it and, and package it and stuff like that. So, yeah, the shape matters. They I, keep 90% of the money. I, I was wondering if all of that meant that your book basically has to be formatted to the size of a standard corrugated cardboard box. Mm-hmm. Is that what it boils down to? I think so, yeah. Yeah, or smaller, I guess. Yeah, because if it's or smaller than the box. Well, it has to fit in the box, yeah. Smaller than the box, I am an architect. It's true. I can visualize sizes. <laughs> uh, um, you know that whole question about self-promotion. I thought that was the what would the word be? I thought that was not. I don't think writing a children's book and then putting it out there. I don't see how that could be in itself an act of self-promotion. It's like you're, you know, I don't know what is self-promotion. See, when when that question was asked on Clubhouse, I almost thought of it like that. Too many people are saying, hey, look at me, look at me, look at me on social media. That's how I interpreted the, the question. Mm-hmm. But when during your, your conversation there, Catherine, when you brought up monographs mm-hmm. and how you you interpreted it as monographs, I was like, well, yeah, that's a whole other take on it. Because I even think that there's a generational thing with that, with um, I think I think people today are, are more inclined to share. Where maybe back in the 60s and 70s, they were more inclined to say, I'm going to put out my monograph or I'm going to put out my book on my design theories and everyone has to follow it because I'm the capital A architect and, you know, you have to, you have to, uh, you know, listen to me and see my work and my work. So I think there's a shift there, cultural shift. Yeah, I, I think that's true. And, and I had not. You know, when so the the uh, question that we're talking about, there was someone on Clubhouse this morning uh, named Jeffrey, and I didn't catch his last name. I, I meant to uh, click on it and get it, click on his profile and get his last name, but I, I didn't have time before he left the room. Um, and it, that's why I tried to rephrase the question and, and ask it back to him uh, after he asked it, because I didn't originally, I didn't understand what he was saying. I I didn't. I didn't even think about monographs, and I think that is that is interesting. I don't think that's where he was going, but I think that's a really interesting um, tangent or, or, or take on the question. Um, and, and I totally agree with you, Chris, that 
I think it, we're we're in a very different world now. Uh, it, it probably is a generation. Uh, it's definitely a a time based thing, and I'm hopeful that we have more and more sharing. I the one the one thing that I wondered about on the promotional side. And I, full disclosure: Laura's a friend. She lives just a couple miles. She does she does have a, a full time job in a firm and. Uh, does her own projects in her home on the side. And it's, you know, it's like a lot of us We've got a lot of stuff going on, right? Um, so I totally understand that not doing any promotion from the time standpoint. Um, but there's that part of me that doesn't understand at least putting in the effort or, uh, and, and I'm not trying to knock Laura uh, about this, but putting in effort or hiring someone to help with it to promote the book and, and get it out to more people because my philosophy philosophy would be both on the ARE sketches side uh, and, and on the children's book, the uh, little architects alphabet book, the more little kids that can see this, this book that can learn from this book, the better. So why wouldn't I promote that? Um, so, but I get it. You know, you've, you've got to balance that. You've got to balance it, uh, based on your time and your resources and your goals. So, but the, the marketing part of me struggles with that a little bit. Yeah, but it is, um, I mean, both Chris and I have these podcasts and even just, even just trying to promote those. It's so, it's just another thing to do in the day. Exactly. And that's not your full time job. It just goes yeah. in the, by the wayside. Yeah. Well, I mean, that's honestly, that. we haven't, we have enough trouble promoting uh context and clarity right I mean, it's just it's, it's yeah it's yeah. a time-consuming thing that mm-hmm. it would be so great if someone else could do it yeah that's that's why i wonder i was kind of i forget the question about what would she do anything something along. um i was kind of wondering when i was asking that question if you, if you did it again would you go with a publisher because mm. of the promote and i didn't ask that specifically but because of the promote and all of that understanding that there's there's barriers, right? And then there's cost. And yeah, when you said- when you said that, um, she had a nice response or or a different response that I was uh, thinking she would take that question. She talked about targeting specific people that mm-hmm. that could be helpful, maybe people that have an audience that would like the book, and sending you know eating that cost and then sending them a free copy. You know, maybe they'll give you a review or or give you a mention um, to their audience. Yeah, I mean, she she definitely has uh, strategies in place, um, but it, it's not the. And again, I brought up the Seth Godin's and the Mike McCallowitzes and you know all the authors that we've had and we're trying to get as context and clarity live guests. They are professional authors. Right? I mean, that's for a lot of them that is a big part, if not their entire job, and so um, they they hit the podcast trail. Um, you know, they, they go out and maybe in, in times past, it would have been the book tour. Now it's probably replaced by YouTube or, uh, podcast interviews, but, uh, but she's, she's got her, she's got her own strategy for it. Yeah. I kind of want to write a book just to go on the book tour. I mean, that would I, be, that would be part of it. I'd like to write a book about all the different houses and all the different places and go to the, the books in the bookstores. I, so I think that's a great idea. A, would yeah. this be a good old fashioned road trip book tour? Yeah, 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 yep, yep. I do love a road trip. I think you need to have a pre-book road trip to go and visit mm. all the people that you've helped 
with your podcast. Yeah, maybe that's where the book is. Yeah. Right? You go and visit them, photograph and their house. And write a book and, about the road trip. And then write a book about the road trip. Yeah. Thank you, yeah. Chris. That is a missing piece. <laughs> I do need to go do that. I have to figure that out. I, I've driven all over the country in every state except North Dakota. So I'll have to hit there. Yeah, I would, I would aim for North Dakota then as your mm. starting point. <laughs> and Chris, you're putting out a book any day now. Yeah. Any month now, maybe? <laughs> maybe not any day. You know, yeah. I'm, so Laura talked about um, if you have that itch to scratch it, you know, slowly. You know, she's talked about investing 30 minutes a week or 60 minutes a week. And that's sort of what I've been doing. I have a time block for Tuesday mornings. And that's when I write 8 o'clock to 9 o'clock or 9.30, however it takes, however long it takes me to finish the section I'm working on. And I've been doing that for a while. And I've got um, a rough draft done. And I'm about to switch gears and go into an, an email uh, marketing sort of campaign writing some email about what's going and then go back into final editing i hope to have it out my goal is before thanksgiving but um, i wouldn't doubt if that date slides this year before thanksgiving this year that is coming year, right yeah. up yeah. yeah well well you know to, I, I, uh, cyber monday yeah two twenty two twenty two. maybe that's i got it i'm trying to beat two twenty two twenty two because i've got other things that i'm thinking of as well but okay. you know i'm part of a uh, uh, one of the entree architect mastermind groups that is focused on uh, passive income and people are really people in that group have done some good things already and seeing mm. some results. So that's great. It's motivation to keep going. Yeah. Well, I was a little disappointed to hear how little, uh, what, you know, how little of the profits of the book or how many other proceeds of the book. Yeah. Well, she, she mentioned, uh, you know, if you have like a, a book on sale for Amazon for $45 that Amazon will keep 40 of that. Is that what she said? I think those are the numbers. I, I yeah. think she. I don't know if those are I, it was in real numbers or not. It was in the Entree Architect. She talked about the numbers in one of those uh, podcasts. So, the second one, I must have been. He, here's the thing that I'm gonna. I, it's a little bit. Uh, some people get so hung up on if you have uh, a book that's a PDF download and then mm -hmm. people share it. People, mm -hmm. I, I, there's some pe certain people that get really hung up on that's stealing or whatever and. I mean, I don't know if, if I think if to me, it's not that big of a deal if someone buys my book and then shares it with a friend, right? Yeah. A friend in need. I think I, to me, I, that's helping another person. Sure. I didn't get the, you know, the money from it, but you know, maybe that, that person does well, something else in the future. But if you just look at Laura's, uh, or uh, let's not say Laura, if you, if you, if you look at publishing through Amazon and only getting to keep $5 out of every $45 sale mm -hmm. versus what Pat Flynn did where he just had his, his uh, uh, lead exam prep guide was just a, a PDF download. And he said within, uh, I think within a month or within two months, he was making more than he was making as an architect. So which I mean, isn't too hard by the way, which Chris. isn't too hard, but, but, but that just, so it's pretty, it's pretty good for selling your PDF download. Yeah. And, yeah. and, and did, did some of those people share it with friends? I guarantee you they did. Um, yeah, they did. But it's the same as yeah. like, if you bought a book and then you lend me the actual physical book, right? That yeah. happens. That's, we just mm -hmm. share books like that. Yeah. And I don't think we think of it as, as stealing. We just borrowed a book from someone, which, well, yes. you know, she mentioned the, what she called the scammers 
uh, I that had not even crossed my mind, but it sounds like there are people that have set up articles or websites or something where they're offering free copies of her $45 book, which, you know, that, that's a, that's a different ball that's game, different. obviously. Yeah, but, exactly. Uh, yeah. But yeah, why I mean, would, it's, why would anyone do that? What the, what do they get out of that? Links, it's probably. Yeah. I mean, there's gotta be some sort of hmm. back end way that they're making they money. They learned that in the, in the bad, in the bad person, uh, masterminds. Yeah. Or how to scam yeah. people. Yeah. The scammer the mastermind. Scammer. Do scammers yeah. have masterminds, you think? <laughs> they're they're evil well, they, masterminds. They are evil masterminds, yeah. yeah. <laughs> but I think um hopefully it's clear from that conversation that probably most of us and, and you know, Laura mentioned Stephen King a couple of times. That was so that was our character for the uh for the discussion, but for most of us we're not gonna get rich the whole the whole idea of of making as much as you would as an architect on five dollars a copy that means you're selling a lot of copies right? yeah to to make up that income so we're moral of the story i guess is probably the three of us are not going to publish a book um that's well, I mean, that's going to uh, i think chris is chris is going to do that Chris is going to do that, and my book's going to be know. really I, for, popular. I too. might be wrong. And I might be wrong. you're wrong. You're wrong because I also have okay. my humans kept by a master species book going. I think I might just go ahead and I'll just draw that. I think. Yeah, uh, I want to hear a little bit more about that. Yeah, <laughs> yeah really. <laughs> yep. So this well, is like a his, historical fiction. I, I think it'd be no, 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 no. I think it'd be like no, no. You don't even want to know about it. Talk about like like testing um and see if it has legs. Every time I bring it up, people say that's interesting. No, it'd be, it would be the the idea that we are we are we are pets of giant another giant species that rules the world, like they're giant crickets or something like that. We can't understand them. You'll have to get the book. You'll have to get the book, get the book. yeah. And they try yeah. to imitate us. And we say, "Please, I'm so hungry," and then they say, <laughs> "You're hungry." Like, oh, you're so annoying because you know when we meow at our cats, we're meowing at us. We're probably not saying exactly right. This is where that was my inspiration. I wondered what I was saying back to my cat as she meowed at me. So, what's you the see, published so. date on this book? Two twenty-two, twenty-two. I guess. Just gonna get I right on you, it. I think you can roll that right into next week's conversation um, with the with the videographer. <laughs> Let's yeah. make a screenplay of that. Yeah, absolutely. Yep. We'll have to. You yell uh, at friends out the window. We're passing by. Like, come back tonight. You can get out. Come back tonight. Like your dogs bark at their friends out the window. <laughs> That's what I mean. That's it's, fascinating. I think it's going to be a graphic novel, possibly. So now, do we know that we're the pets? We know. It... Yes, we know that we're the pets, and we have to wait to be fed, and we have to wait to go to the bathroom, and we have to, you know, wow. just imagining what our pets are thinking, basically. And we have to do tricks for their friends. I don't want to blow the whole thing and have someone steal my book. <laughs> well, honestly, is it really all that much different than real life? <laughs> for me, I'm not. I'm not living with a giant cricket. <laughs> Just taking care of me. I guess that's maybe more corporate world. <laughs> <laughs> anyway, I don't know about that idea. But yeah. I have a lot of ideas, so. I do think about that more than once a week, though. And she said, maybe if you think about it more than once a week, you should write the book. She yep. did, yeah. Yep. That was great advice. Mm -hmm. That's great advice. So yep. would you then, when when you get this ready, Catherine, are you going to mm -hmm. go through the Amazon uh, yeah, publishing platform? Yes. I think that maybe going the publisher route would not work out. <laughs> Sell it as a screenplay. Yeah. 
We will run it by uh, Jeff Durkin. So for those of you that are listening, if you're if you're listening to this right at the published time, mm-hmm. uh, then this Thursday, as you hear this, our special Context and Clarity live guest will be Jeff Durkin, who's the uh, owner of Red Truck Films. He's a photographer and videographer. Uh, so maybe we'll have to to mm. uh, run this idea past him. I'll put up some Thursday. storyboards before next Thursday. Yeah, you should Cross work some. Hey, so, but, you know, one thing I just think about all the time, I don't know about you, if you think about this all the time, is that how different the world is, as you were saying, that before the monographs and someone had to publish it, right? Or maybe they were the vanity press and people kind of look down at the vanity press stuff, right? But now we can get our ideas out in the world without any gatekeepers at all. Like we can have our own radio show, which is our podcast. We can have our own magazines. You can just make a magazine and put it online and have people buy it. You know, it's like such a different world. It is. And what's amazing, and and from the conversations this week, there's so many people in the community that have so many great ideas and so Mm. many great specialties that, and and there's so many people that are doing things too, which is, which is even better. Yep. You know, it's like every day that we, that we sit and talk, there's someone in the community that I just sit back and say, well, I want to, I would buy that. Yeah. I would buy your book or I would watch your movie or, Mm -hmm. or whatever. Yeah, so maybe what we so need to do is figure out how we get, how we help people get these ideas out into the world. Like, is there a way to help people do that? I think this might be part of it. These yeah. kinds of conversations. It it reminds me. I I don't know if either of you were a part of this, but this has got to go back fifteen twenty years now. But somehow I I got connected to this this scene. <laughs> Put that in air quotes. It was, um, I think they called them zines, like magazine, the second half mm-hmm. of a magazine, where people were self-publishing small, um, small magazines, and they were usually hand-drawn, and they'd go to, like, to the Kinkos in the neighborhood mm-hmm. and print a bunch yep. and and bind them themselves, and yep. um, a lot of the ones that that um, that I was interested in and, and knew that. The producers of had to do with bicycles and bike messengers and stuff like that. But uh, mm-hmm. um, now that you say that, it's like wow. <laughs> if if we had this Amazon publishing platform back then, imagine, mm-hmm. or maybe it would have just sucked the soul out of it. I don't know, but uh, because that that was a lot, right? It was sort of a underground punkish type thing um, with a, a lot of creativity and soul, but. The possibilities, as you say, are really amazing. Yeah, they are amazing. They also result in a lot of things we don't want to hear being put out into the world, too, because they aren't. Um, yeah, you know what? Point. For magazines, issue is it I S S U U? Is that what it is? You can put your own magazine online that way, and you can charge for you know five dollars for the twenty dollars, whatever. Wow. Yeah, yeah. pretty cool. I there, I don't know if they maybe it could be like a doula like an idea doula maybe that's my new job idea doula that's yeah so I help birth these ideas do whatever because you know we were saying how long it takes to do the promotion and how you know there's just figuring out the layout and who's going to do that and then you can help people find people to help them there was um, so I've I've toyed with it the idea of a book for quite a while various books for quite what's a your book what's your book Jeff. Well, one okay, is okay. I just told you a really embarrassing one. So. <laughs> yeah, I, well, that's see, that's my problem. I don't, I don't have any giant crickets. Um, <laughs> there, there's first of all, there's there somehow there has to be a context and clarity book or volumes mm. thereof. Volumes, yeah. Um, 
but uh, but the one I've actually worked on is ego versus empathy. How the stories you tell are making you a commodity. Hmm. Um, I was I was going to write that as a way to sort of an entree to speaking gigs, and as it turns out, I pitched it and got the speaking gigs first, so I never, never wrote the book. <laughs> um, so I'm hmm. on again, off again, working on on that. But um, the one thing I ran across several years ago, and I don't know if this exists anymore. I, I need to Google it. But there was a, a uh, company a service called uh, Book in a Box, and I've you're, you would recognize the person that that started this. You'd recognize their name, but um, but to me it was fascinating because it was sort of a bridge between self-publishing and a publisher where basically you sign up, you, you hire a book in a box, and they provide someone to help ghostwrite it if, if necessary, editors, um, the publishing of it, and then uh, also the promotion of it. And that that is something that I thought seriously about, but it was it was like twenty thousand dollars when I was looking at Ooh, it. Oh, wow. Look in a box of oh. twenty thousand dollars. But hmm. it's you know it's that full service piece with the promotion and you'd and hope all so. Of that. That well, yeah, because yeah. five dollars. I'm okay. I'm not. Well, nothing. Twenty thousand divided mm-hmm. by five like four, is 4, not very. Copies. Yeah, is that it? Yeah. Just four thousand? Oh, that's nothing. But. But also the ghostwriter that so, but I, I don't know. I don't know if that's still out there. I would want to put twenty thousand dollars ago, maybe. Okay, so but I think by now there's something even better than that, Jeff. And I think that person mm-hmm. who runs that thing that's even better than that is going to call you after listening to this podcast. Perhaps so they will. It will come to you. Uh, you know that now that you say that, every once in a while I get something on a connection request on LinkedIn with somebody mm-hmm. pitching an idea like that. And do you ignore it? All the time. Well, the next one you get, that's a sign that you should maybe not ignore. It comes to help you with your book. It goes in the same bin that the lead generation experts go into. Really? Sorry, all you B2B lead generators out there, you're listening. I mean, lead generators, That's maybe that's a different episode. Mm -hmm. Yeah. Talk about that someday. Well, I don't know. I I think that's really exciting that what, what you're saying, Chris, is true that there are so many people with so many great ideas and that if it's easy enough and we realize how much it would actually take, which of course it still be hard, but that it's not as hard as we think it is. And maybe more people move forward with it. And I think too that so many people, and, and this is just, I mean, a, a, a downfall of our profession maybe, mm-hmm. that we're all just too much of a perfectionist, right? Mm-hmm. I would say just get it out there. Get it out there. It doesn't have to be perfect. You know, you're not going to be the greatest author in the world. Just write the book and put it out. See what happens. You know, I was going back to writing books. I talked about this, I think, last week. I I have given the Ego versus Empathy talk several times now, and I have recordings of a, a few of those, so I've used otter.ai to transcribe those. And then... I'm playing with a tool called Jarvis, which is an AI writing assistant or something like that. I forget exactly how they say it. And when I was trying to figure out, I was looking at Jarvis, trying to figure out what it was, how it worked, etc. I watched a um, sort of an introductory video or something on how to use Jarvis to write a book. 
And one of the things that they said, and this didn't come up today. I don't know if, if Laura knows this or not. It, it blew my mind. I never thought about this. But if you publish a book through Amazon, they said, you know, like Laura was talking about, you could write it today and publish it. And maybe, you know, to your point, Chris, maybe you don't think it's perfect. Or maybe you wanted to have more in it, but you just, you've got to hit publish. And I really wish I had that other chapter. You can add the chapter. You can make the edits and upload those because it's all print on demand. Yeah. And what they were saying in this video was it was the same thing. Just just publish. Right. Not not that they're advocating for, you know, garbage, but but get it to the point where it's good enough, publish, and then you can update it. You can add a chapter or, you know, whatever you want to do. And it makes total sense, but that had never crossed my mind. That has got to be one of the huge benefits mm. of of that type of publishing. I I didn't even think of it that way, but I mean, you're right. You're you're right. That is such a great. I mean, it's a, it's a great way to test an idea too, to see if it has any legs, mm. right? And then, um, I know I I heard Pat Flynn say this in a podcast recently, where when he does a new course, when he puts a new course out there, he only has written and recorded the first couple of episodes when he when he releases it into the wild. And he's recording and writing and editing for the, the next set of episodes as he's getting feedback from the people that are taking yeah, the first few. And so it, number one, gets it out quicker. And number two, you get real-time feedback. And, and then three, you can make adjustments on the fly. And you can do the same thing with, with a book, right? Mm-hmm. You get it? You get it to a certain point, get it out there. Maybe you release it for like an introductory cost or, you know, you have like a, like a, a pre-sale, uh, discount or something like that. And then you, then you can get feedback from those people, edit it and then update it. That's a great idea, Jeff. I didn't even think of that. About that. Uh, yeah, yeah. It's not my idea. It was just when uh, they said it in that video, I was like, boom, there. Um, and, and I know it's different, but, sort of similar laura when she started the first are sketches she would she would do a sketch well she still does this through once a while you'll see a an are sketch type thing pop up in her instagram and she would do that you know through on her instagram put something out and get comments on it and stuff like that and i've heard other authors you know they release a chapter and then they release the next chapter. They're, and they're doing exactly what you were just saying. They're getting feedback. They're not necessarily publishing, but I, that idea of, of testing, getting feedback, uh, iterating maybe, uh, going from there, I, I, that's <laughs> that has to just completely transform the thought process of publishing. Yeah, you know, when she was talking about that, what I really liked was how she says that she started out sketching what she was reading and you know as architects we're visual people right and so i i mean but i never i mean i maybe i've thought about it before in the past but i've never read a chapter of a book it doesn't matter if it's a if it's a fiction book or a a business book or whatever i but i've never read a chapter and then sat there with my sketchbook and made a sketch of what i just read but i think that i think that we all have to start doing that right it's Sorry, I was going to say, Catherine. it's great that she does. Uh, that's un- To me, it seems an unusual thing to do. And then she shared it with everybody. So that's what makes it great. Yeah. Because if everybody already did it, we wouldn't need her sketches. Yeah. 
Yeah. And it's, you know, the way I think that she described it at the beginning of the conversation today, processing that information, you know, channeling it from the, the material through the hand or through the eyes, through the brain and stuff like that. Um, she didn't go into all that description, but, you know, that multi-sensory, uh, and, and, you know, she's studying, right? She's trying to remember. She's trying to learn and process this information. And, and it's pretty amazing to, to think about. I, I'm I'm with both of you. I've never done it. I've never sat down and sketched out a, anything that I was listening to. So it is amazing how that came about. And, again, the re- reason I asked the one question at the beginning was, you know, with everybody, I mean, there's a ton of ARE stuff out there. When she did ARE sketches, there's a ton of, study materials and courses and stuff and she still decided to do her thing right to to do her her sketch version of it i'm I'm glad glad that she did it's just proof that if there's something holding you back it's oh i i, I saw that out there already your version is going to be different and mm-hmm. your version is going to resonate with somebody differently than the, that other version. I call out any of the the ones that are out there, but uh, but hopefully that's inspiration for people. Yeah. yeah, yeah. And the thing is, I think with her book, and also with Pat, in those cases, and also Christine Williams, that people were asking them for the information that they had, so she knew that there was a demand that way. So I don't think she. I didn't get the impression that she sat down and thought, what book could I write? And then wrote this book. It was more no. like she just, people wanted yeah. to see what she was doing. And then well, more people did. Yeah, she was just processing the information her way through those sketches. And then people saw them and they asked for more. And it turned into something great. Yeah. It's amazing. So if you don't share your ideas, if you don't share what you're working on, then how are you going to get Right. And just imagine what the sketches from the chapters of the Cricket Master book will be. <laughs> I haven't tried to imagine, Chris. <laughs> They're going to be amazing. <laughs> and I hear well, fiddle music playing in the background. Yeah, maybe. I don't know. That's the thing is I can't decide. Is it a child, like a child's book? I don't know. <laughs> I don't think it is. <laughs> <laughs> no. No. So then is it a graphic novel? And then it's kind of short in my mind. It's just kind of short. It's just it's just thinking about what it's like to be kept. That's what that's what it's like to be kept. I don't know, but I imagine well, that might just be volume one. That yeah. might be. It could be adventures. It could be hijinks and Sue after the first. I don't even know what's gonna happen. Or if it goes on to the to the to the screenplay, then mm-hmm. you know you can have all these dramatic scenes, right? Have Have you mm-hmm. either of you watched the new Dune movie? No, it's I've not seen it. Yet. Um, it it visually it was amazing. But the story felt like, I don't know, that it only told maybe about a quarter of the story. And half the time, people are just staring off these slow motion shots of like staring off into space. And it doesn't need to be long, Catherine. You can just have those dramatic, <laughs> dr- those dramatic images. Well, you know what? I think I'll just start with, with blocking out a half an hour um, a week for it. Right? That's not that much time. No. Uh, it's not. It, it doesn't. It's not a lot. And it doesn't sound like a lot, but it is kind of amazing. Thirty minutes of concentrated, you know, focused time—what you can accomplish. True. Sure. Um, I've got the the big whiteboard out today, working on something. It's uh, maybe a little longer than thirty minutes, but sort of in the same in the same vein. Mm-hmm. Block out some time and give it some focused thought. 
You always like to talk about like 1%. Is it 1% a day? Is that what you say? 1% of yeah. wheat? Anyway, 1% yeah. every once in a while. That'll add up. Well, it's so where that comes from is uh, uh, who wrote Atomic Habits? James Clear, I think. He he talks about this in Atomic Habits. It's not his original idea. It's an idea that's been out there before. But it's 1% one, 1 improvement every day leads to exponential growth. And if you want, um, if you want sort of a physical example of that, I use this in talks sometimes. Um, go up to somebody sometime and ask them. Say, "Hey, listen, I've got a deal for you. I, I want to help you out. So I can either give you a million dollars today, right now, a million dollars today, or I can give you a penny." doubled every day for 30 days and this is basically the the one percent every day and a lot of people are going to say well yeah i'll, I'll take that million dollars uh, why wouldn't i take a million dollars right now but as it turns out a penny doubled every day by the 30th day is something like 3.6 million i think I don't remember my slides anymore. I can't believe that's anymore. true, though. That seems so unbelievable. I know, I know it's true, but I can't believe it. <laughs> I, and I, yeah, along along the same lines, um, I, I saw a video today where uh, a guy was shuffling of cards, and he said, "If you shuffle a deck of cards, it's very likely that that combination of cards is the first time it ever happened in history." What? So it's like. It's like if you take it, if you take uh, like a fifty-two deck of card, like the the way that the, all the different possibilities there are, mm -hmm. it's like a number that can't even be conceived, right? Wow. Some, it's something like he said. He said if you started from when the universe first formed and shuffled the deck every second up until today, you still wouldn't even come close to having the amount of combinations. Okay, that I really don't believe. So when you shuffle a deck of cards, it's the first time that that combination has ever existed. Oh my god, but wouldn't we only be counting from when they invented cards? Hey, there you go. <laughs> well, there's that, yeah. I don't know how that ties I, into to 1% one, 1 improvement, but... Well, it's just crazy math. That's what it is. Maybe maybe the tie-in tie is, is uh, sharing your work because you have your own voice. That's right. No one in the whole universe has ever there, put there, it that way. Yeah, there could be there could be a million people talking about the ARES, but only mm -hmm. one person is going to talk about it the way that you you will. Yeah, yeah. I, I think a that's way to bring uh, it back in, Chris. That was perfect. Yeah, it is, it is yeah. Good, saved it. Good segue back. <laughs> yeah, <laughs> saved it absolutely. But but that is it, it's a it's I think it's a great takeaway from the conversation with Laura. I mean, we learned a lot. I learned a lot at least. Um, and the the more I thought about it, I was like, oh my gosh, what a crowded space. Or children's book, what a crowded space. But she has her own very specific individual approach to it. And she has found an audience that that approach resonates with. Um, and it, it one of the things that blows me away with the sketches is why didn't anybody else think about that? I mean, such a visual group of people, and yet all of all the uh, just don't do it that way. Out there are written. 
So good for Laura. Congratulations, Laura, on all of this. Mm-hmm. Well, I know that there's going to be some friends of mine with young kids that get uh, an architect book for their for Christmas. Yeah. Yep. Good idea. I'll have to order I some. I have to brush I, up on my ABC. I think she incorporates. It seems like I haven't read the book. I should have read the book before our interview. I'm, I'm sorry I didn't, but um, I, it seems like she probably has like keys for pediment or like. Anyway, I don't know, but <clears throat> Little Architect, I guess, has, or is it Little Architect? Has little some adventures to go on. Alphabet. Yep. alphabet. Okay, I had a question, though. You know how she said that when you order a book from Amazon and then they make it for you? It's like a book that they make on demand. Is, and then you get it in two days? You still get it in two days? Or is that one of those ones that takes a little longer? Is it really oh, hot off the presses? <laughs> I imagine it's really Baby hot off the presses. Hmm. I didn't, you know, when she said they have these printing warehouses or whatever she called them all around the country, I didn't think about that because I don't know about where you guys are, but here in Indianapolis, we 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 had an Amazon distribution center. Mm-hmm. Now we've got like six, and they keep building more. Uh, yes, well, and so that's I another if podcast. Yeah. yeah, it is another podcast. But I wonder if one of those wouldn't be something like that. I mean, it could be. It might just. It might not just be boxes. Like dishwasher detergent or whatever yeah um it might be uh, a printing that's yeah. again amazing <laughs> just the following stuff yep yep it's I'm, pretty I'm amazing gonna, all right yeah i'm gonna go order a book that i knew is self-published and see how long it takes to get here okay there you <laughs> go post about that tell us on clubhouse how long it took well, I know uh, I know it's getting late into the evening. It's time to wrap this up. But uh, again, I thought a great conversation with Laura. So thanks, Laura, if you ever listened to this. And thanks, Catherine, as mm-hmm. always, and Chris for joining us here. Anytime. Thanks for helping us break this down and uh, figure out how to make all this information actionable. Uh, for those of you that are listening, thanks for listening. Appreciate you listening and supporting Context and Clarity podcast. Next week... Uh, as we said on Context and Clarity Live, we'll have Jeff Durkin. He's the owner of Bread Truck Films. We're going to talk about videography for architects. And of course, right after that uh, conversation with Jeff, we'll go backstage again with another mystery guest. We have to wait and see who that is. We'll break down the conversation, talk about what we learned, and figure out ways that we can apply that uh, to our own businesses, to our own practices. So uh, keep an eye out for that. The uh, live version, Context and Clarity Live podcast is published Mondays at noon Eastern. And this version, the backstage version, is published at noon on Tuesdays. Check it out wherever you're checking this out right now. I was about to say wherever you listen to podcasts, but you're already listening, so you know where it is. Uh, So check that out and um, join us one day at 9 a.m. Eastern on the Clubhouse app for our 30-minute coffee talk or inside the Entree Architect community at 4 p.m. Eastern every weekday for Context and Clarity Conversations. All of those things lead up to these live conversations that we have. So uh, join our community. We appreciate uh, all of you. Thanks for listening and look forward to uh, talking to you again soon. Thanks, everybody. All right. Well, now you know what we thought and what we're going to do with what we learned. But what did you think? What did we miss? I really hope that there was some big takeaway from the Context and Clarity Live conversation or from our breakdown right here that will help you with your business. DM me on Instagram or on Twitter and let me know what your takeaways were. 
You can find me on all the socials at Jeff underscore Eccles. So send me a message and let me know what your takeaway was. And if you want more conversations like this, subscribe to the Context and Clarity podcast and leave us an honest review and rating. Those things really help us to get the message out and help us to help more architects just like you. Oh, and follow Context and Clarity on Instagram as well. There you can get a heads up on everything that's coming up. In our next episode, Catherine and I will host Context and Clarity live again with a new special guest and a new theme for next week. There's always something new to look forward to. And if you love content like this, check out Gable Media. It's a multimedia network for people that care about the built environment. And it's also the home of Context and Clarity. With Gable's growing family of podcasts and video channels, I know you'll find something there that interests you. You can learn more at gablemedia.com. That's G-A-B-L media.com. And finally, if the topic of today's episode is of particular interest to you and you'd like to dig deeper into it, then join me over in the Entree Architect Community Facebook group. That's where every weekday at 4 p.m. Eastern, I host Context and Clarity Conversations, and we take topics just like this and we dig deeper. We have a conversation in real time to try to find more clarity around the things that matter most to you. So thanks for listening. I hope our time together has inspired you to think about your community and your practice and how you can support those around you. Catherine and I will be back for our next episode. And in the meantime, I hope you'll join me and the Entree Architect community on Facebook today at 4 p.m. Eastern so that we can help each other find more clarity around the topics that matter most, no matter what your context may be. I've mentioned it to my family, but in terms of telling people like, oh yeah, we're doing this, I'm looking for projects. You got anything? Yeah. I'm, I'm not there yet because it scares the out of me. Dreaming of launching your own architecture firm? Well, buckle up for a wild ride with Emerging, the podcast that shares what it's really like to start an architecture firm. Where do we begin? We don't even know what type of business to formalize as. Is it an LLC? Is it an LLP? Like how are taxes? I mean, the list is astronomical. Season one featured founders Jeffrey, Lexi, and Chris, owners of Level Studio Architecture, are your fearless guides on this unfiltered journey from napkin sketches to a thriving studio. One evening, stumbled into one last dive, we sat at the bar and pondered our postgraduate futures. Amidst the conversation, a napkin became the canvas for our aspirations, sketching plans and milestones, sealing our heartfelt commitment and shared dreams. In drawing down dreams on a napkin collectively, that <laughs> then, you know, in your head, you've rooted like, oh, I'm connected to these people, like long term. The process of starting an architecture practice brims with excitement and challenges, demanding meticulous planning, flawless execution, and unyielding resilience. I kind of hate the term because it's so overly used, but I think everybody knows imposter syndrome. And I think it's it's so real to this day. I, I, I don't know if it's with everybody, but with me, I'm always questioning like us, can we do this? Are we ready to do this? Are we prepared? Can we do it? Did we just decide a name? <laughs> we did it, guys. Oh my One that God. came out of nowhere. Woo! It came out of nowhere. I liked it. I saw it. Ready to turn your aspirations into reality? Follow the link in the show notes to subscribe to Emerging 
and chart your own path to architectural success.